Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club. I'm your host, also known as Manny G. Joining me tonight is uh, your co-host is on cooldown for another 12 hours. Please enter your credit card information to unlock now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the one who is locked behind a paywall. It is Andy Man. What is up, Andy? You, you need to insert premium currency too, not the cheap stuff. I have to spend that platinum, don't I? That's right. <laughs> you absolutely do. <laughs> We are part of an excellent gaming community called the Gaming Adventure Club. This is our podcast. We talk about our gaming adventures throughout the week, what's going on in the gaming world. Andy, how's your week been, man? How you doing? Great, bro. Awesome. Uh, another successful week of not dying. That's oh, always good. a win at my yes. age, you know? And, uh, and at your, uh, your, the, your career, too, right? Oh, yeah. That's, you worry me every time you go out on that truck. Dude, I, I think you're more in danger than I am. Random dog <laughs> attacks, macing yourself, things yeah. like that. <laughs> Swarmed by bees that bees, put me in wasps. the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I think, I've been in the hospital twice this year because of bees. Yeah, I am yes. I am allergic. We got to we gotta buff you somehow, bud. I need, I need some kind of resistance. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, no, man, but it's been a great week, uh, you know, getting into a new game. Oh, uh, so that's been a ton of fun. Been crushing um, that candy. Yes, absolutely. Pouring. And what have you my... been playing, man? Warframe, dude. We have been playing Warframe. Yes, a couple it, days in. Yeah, dude, and it feels like we've stirred a little bit of the hornet's nest, man. We've got a lot of people. Uh, well, I say we. Uh, Digital extremes and their, uh, you know, their awesome presentation. I think did the job, but it got us all playing. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about that game. Oh, absolutely. Teaser. What? Is that a teaser? Is that a teaser? No. Let's move on. We don't do so those things here. we've got a <laughs> bit of news. Okay. Here's some news. DICE, EA, they're giving away a bunch of Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 4 DLC content for free. So if you head over to battlefield.com slash calendar and you already own Battlefield 1 or Battlefield 4, they are giving away a lot of their DLC contents just in a, a celebration and excitement for Battlefield 5 coming out. Yeah, the hype train rolls on. It does. So it's it's like a time release. So check out that schedule and you'll see what you can get and when you can get it and how you will spend nothing for it. Nice, nice. Wait, <laughs> maybe that'll bring in some uh, folks for Flav and the... A sufficiently aff- afflicted guys yeah uh, to get in on that new content mm-hmm. yeah you know if if it was like real cheap i i i'm tempted to buy it but i've i've got a lot going on right now yeah dude just too many games bro <laughs> <laughs> so overwatch league is coming to espn disney and abc for their playoffs and grand finals nice nice I think that's really, really cool. Something about this is just it like it warms my heart seeing this mm-hmm. awesome hobby we've had for years and years, just making it big, right? Yeah. And for you sure. know, gaming is getting big because of like Fortnite and Twitch and all that stuff. But right. 
you can go over to uh, ESPN.com and check out their esports section. And there's a whole schedule from July 11th through July 29th. Listen, yeah, y- you won't find the Tour de France on there. But if you <laughs> want to watch Overwatch, <laughs> just check out ESPN. Wild world, uh-huh. of, w- wide world of sports, except cycling. It's not my first time uh, hearing somebody complain about the fact that ESPN is playing video games again. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, well. it happens from time to time. Right. So if you are listening to this on Monday, Guarding Con just concluded. It was the what was it the thirteenth through the fourteenth. And Guarding Con, in case you didn't know, is a gaming convention where you can go and meet a bunch of streamers and meet a bunch of community people and just have a really cool, good time playing games. Bungie was there. Um, who else was there? Digital Extremes was there. Everybody, right? There's a bunch of people. Yeah. They have every year this marathon stream from this year. It was July 5th through the 12th. They raised $2.7 million for St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. That is amazing. That's crazy, man. That's the coolest thing about all of this is the humble beginnings of Guardian Con going back several years now. Yes. Um, and just, it really was just a bunch of gamers that wanted to get together and do something cool, you know, surrounding, you know, a very specific game then. Uh, which was Destiny, and just how it's grown into just this massive charity event, essentially, right? Yeah. I, I feel oh, like yes. we get we all get more hyped for how much money they can raise for St. Jude's versus, you know, th- it almost feels like to me that the actual convention is like secondary, you know what I mean? That's like... <laughs> That's an added bonus, but it's awesome, dude. It's so it cool is. that they're doing something like that. Yeah, because with their first year, it was supposed to just be like a meet and greet at a bar or something like that, right? And like a, a thousand up. people yeah. showed up. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. that's really great. It is. Congratulations. That's amazing. And I think yeah. that's enough to support St. Jude for one day. That's awesome, dude. That's, that's incredible. That's an because expensive consi- operation. Yeah, considering, yeah, they're, they're, it's cancer research and all the patients and all the, just the help that they give. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's mind boggling, man. But it's yes. great. Lastly, Amazon Prime Day starts today, Monday. So you oh, could get yes. a bunch of free games via Twitch Prime. And um, I listened to a podcast called Kind of Funny Games Daily. And I think on their Twitch, they're doing some kind of special thing with Amazon. Every few hours or whatever, they're selling something new. So they're gonna, going to be um, using their Twitch like a, was it like the QVC no, whatever the home yeah. shopping network. So right. they, they've right. partnered with Amazon to do something fun like that. Oh, that's awesome. But nice. if you uh, you need some games, I bet you can find some stuff for cheap there. You know, Dan is going to be hitting that bargain bin like crazy. <laughs> go get it. Yes, go get it. All right. So that brings us to our main topic. Our main topic is really, really interesting, I mm. think. So the year is rapidly coming to a close. The uh, time for buying video games is upon us, and we want to talk about monetization. So before you spend a dime, we want to talk about how video game studios are trading their products for your money. Mm-hmm. Video game studios, they need money to operate, right? Without money, there's no game. And they need a lot of money because development mm-hmm. is really hard and it's really, really resource intensive. It takes a ton of money to support these people making these things that we absolutely love. And we want our favorite studios to make as much money as they can so that our favorite games are there 
to experience and to love for years and years to come. But how much money is enough? How much is enough? How much can you ask for before you're asking for just too much? Mm -hmm. Before it feels like, you know, they're just sticking their hands in your pocket. (laughs) So we want to talk about these questions. But first, let's talk about how studios are trading their games for cash. There's several ways to monetize your game. You can create a game, you pay for it once, you play it start to finish, and you're done. That gaming experience is over. You had a great time. Moving on, we'll see you again in a couple years. Like the good old days. The good old days. Right. There's the free-to-play model that greatly incentivizes microtransactions in order to actually progress in the game. So if you don't spend money, you're going to have a hard time accomplishing anything. There's Mm. also the free-to-play model with optional purchases that don't affect any gameplay whatsoever. And this next one, very popular now, games as a service. It's that ongoing support and exchange for monetization. They Mm -hmm. sell you a season pass, an annual pass, or an expansion, or they have some sort of store where you could spend money so that they could continue to add to the game so that you have something to play in that IP for months and months and months at a time. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So game companies, they will use any of these strategies to bring in their cash flow. Um, But some of them will use a ton of these different strategies to maximize their potential profit. Mm -hmm. And that helps to ensure that the studio is there for years to come making games. Because like I said, making games is really, really hard. And actually, I've I've um, this week I read uh, Blood, Sweat and Pixels. In preparation for this episode. You know, Archimedes has been just pushing that book so hard on us. I got to just bite the bullet and, and go buy it. I'm glad I went through it because it was it was a lot of stuff that I already knew. Mm-hmm. But it, he he puts it and packages it together um, like by studio and by game. Right. And he helps you to really understand the big picture. What was going on in development here? What were these, these struggles that were being experienced? And somebody described it as like... You know, it was a miracle that you pulled off making this game. Right. In a response, he said, it's actually a miracle that any game is ever made. Yeah. Because of the amount of time and efforts and the amount of life that has to be sacrificed in order to achieve these things. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Schreier's really good too, man. I, I, I really like his stuff. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we don't have to just say okay to whatever strategy the game's publisher decides. You know, we should be aware and we should have an understanding of what it takes to make a video game and what that actually is worth to us. So we don't have to just accept what's available to us. We should be informed so that we spend our money on games wisely so we don't feel like we're getting ripped off. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about this in the past, right? Like, I think the days of paying, you know, quote unquote, $60 have been gone oh sixty dollars for a game have been gone for a really long time right we've 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 had conversations where you know we discuss i mean like me personally i don't, I can't remember the last game that I only paid the base price for, yeah for the right? price. It's, yeah it's always you know the d l c and 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 you know whatever you know mm-hmm. content they're gonna be piecemealing to us. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's safe to say that, you know, a game does not cost pretty much ever 60 bucks because, you know, we're always going to buy, you know, they're going to in some way, shape or form compartmentalize that game 
and give it to us in pieces. So yeah. how how much we're willing to pay for that? You know, it's it's a mixture of how much money and time, right? Because if we don't yes. pay the money, then we've got to put the time in. The mixture of the two and and what is most respectful of whatever your current situation is. So I mm -hmm. think it's a good topic for us to get into. Yeah. So we're going to ask a few basic questions that anyone should ask whenever you decide to purchase a game. So the first question is, how does monetization affect game design? We talked about pay to win. Right. The game is designed to get you to spend money for power or an advantage. Yeah. If you do not pay this money, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to enjoy the game as much as you would otherwise. Right, right. And I think a good example of this would be something like what uh, Battlefront went through with their mm, big yes. sort of fiasco, right? Yeah, you can spend money and become significantly more powerful than your opponents mm -hmm. in a PvP game. Right, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's also um, the idea of designing a lot of content during the main development cycle, but holding back some of that content so that it could be sold at an extra premium in a special edition. Right. Oh, yeah. That's uh, happening twice at the end of this year for uh, a couple of really big games. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is doing it. Red Dead Redemption right. 2 is doing it. Right, right. And, 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 you know, what impact do those missions have on the story uh, and on the experience, you know? So. Yes. They're supposed to, as far as I can tell, for those two games, they're supposed to be side missions that have no consequence on the actual game. Right. But uh, Red Dead, one of them is, I believe, a banked heist. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were telling me how much they love that from the first game. Mm -hmm. It's debatable, exact value of something like that. Right, right, yeah. And how much they're how, selling it for. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. There you go. The game's like 60 and you're going to be paying like 90 to 100 yeah. Something gosh. like that. For a side mission. Yeah, so, somewhere in that ballpark. There's also the exclusive content or items that are designed to push the sale of a specific platform mm -hmm. or the purchase of a title to be sold at a specific retailer. So in other words, you know, you cannot get this specific item, this green hat or whatever it is, right. unless you buy it from GameStop or unless you buy it from Amazon mm -hmm. or unless you buy it on the PlayStation. Right, yeah. Just to push, I guess sales towards a specific console or whatever. Yes. These are strategies that publishers use in order to secure a certain financial floor. Mm -hmm. They need to make a certain amount of money uh, or else this, uh, this design team, the studio is going to be in a lot of trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. But next let's talk about cosmetics. Do cosmetic only items purchasable only through a cash shop, do they bear any kind of value to the actual game itself. I think you have a much better perspective on this than I do. I've always been one to just like we talked about my my destiny guardian is mm -hmm. atrocious looking. The worst thing they could do for a guy a like hobo. me. A space hobo. He really is. The worst thing they could do for me was give me the ability to put different shaders on all the different <laughs> armor pieces because now I just look like a clown. Now you, you know? look like a rainbow space hobo. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I totally do. But I really love your take on this, man. Well, I mean, most of the games that I play, they have some kind of RPG element to them. And I, a part of the fantasy of this game is looking a certain way. You know, so I think from my perspective, there's a tremendous value mm. in uh, cosmetics, the way you look. It's it's a major part of the gameplay. Right. So 
cosmetic items that are extremely valuable to certain people who love that kind of stuff. And if they're locked behind a cash shop, then they're barricaded from that particular player having a full game experience. Some people feel differently, mm-hmm. but this is how I feel. Yeah. I think it's very important. Dude, my kids will agree with you, man. My guys are, they're hitting me hard for, you know, the new Fortnite, the season, whatever it is mm-hmm. now, skin yeah. of so-and-so. I want to pay 30 <laughs> bucks to look like whatever. And I'm just like, no, yeah. you're not going to do that. And I'm like, oh, you, I hate you, dad. You ruined my life. <laughs> Such a jerk. Dude, well, look at it, man. If Let's say you spend a certain amount over a couple months and then just mm-hmm. multiply that by, you know, by six or whatever to get you to 12 months. Yeah. And you say, look, son, in one year you've spent this, however many hundreds of dollars for items in a game that you're probably not going to play in two years from now. I could have bought you some real life Jordans with that money, son. Exactly. Some super sweet kicks. Yeah. What are the, uh, some, uh, some super sweet Kanye kicks, (laughs) some Kanye kicks, some light up (laughs) shoes, dude. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So yeah, if the game itself lacks a lot of good cosmetic options, uh, just by playing Hmm. and most of the stuff is locked behind a paywall, that to me is, is an awful business practice. And that's something that I seriously hate. Right. I I just don't like it. You know, I know some people are fine with right. it, but uh, send me a, send me an email. Tell me about why you're fine with it. Yeah, there you go. But lastly, let's talk about loot boxes. Hmm, loot boxes. Oh. Some people, they consider these loot boxes as a form of gambling, right? Mm-hmm. They're designed yeah. in a way to sell you loot boxes in bulk as well, so that you buy a lot of them thinking that you're getting a really good deal. Mm-hmm. But it's just random chance to get right. something that you, um, that you want but it's designed to get you to spend more and more and more. Right. Yeah. I think this is really like the, the, the nastiest part of monetization right here is when, when you hide it, it's not even, uh, because see, like my whole thing is, you know, for, for a game, if you want to raise the price of your game, if you as a developer want to say, okay, look guys, we haven't raised the price of video games in a long time, even Mm -hmm. though they have, right behind yeah. DLC and all that stuff. Um, we really, we've got to keep the lights on. Poor us, right? It's a multi-billion <laughs> dollar industry, but they're really yeah. struggling, you know? So mm-hmm. rather than them set the price, they do stuff like this, like loot boxes specifically even, yes. so that they don't set the price. They don't have to set the cap, right? They don't have to say, okay, this is how much our entire game is worth. They say, hey, look, we're going to nickel and dime you so that you individual people set the 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 maximum the ceiling that you're willing to put, put, uh, pay for this experience. Yeah. And the problem with that is that changes for all of us, right? Like you and I, you know, we're well, me specifically, I'm a single income family, right? So yeah, I'm the only person too. that yeah, so we bring we bring in the bacon. Mm. Uh and so we we yes, yeah, delicious bacon. <laughs> we you know, there, there's a limit for both of us to say, look, I, at some point it's irresponsible, right? Like, I, you yeah. know, I have to feed my children. I have to keep my lights on. Um, but they don't they don't want that, right? They don't want to set the max. They want us to set the max price. And, and it's just they're doing it in such a just a slimy way, you know, with a loot box specifically. I, look, mm-hmm. there are games out there, and, and we're going to get into that, that do monetization, right? But I think this specific piece of it just doesn't feel right to me, you know. Give us a way of direct purchasing 
uh, and not gambling because that's what it is. It really is pulling a slot machine. Yeah. And I think that is where a line can be drawn. You know, these anti-consumer predatory practices, such as some of these uh, loot boxes, you know, especially when they're targeting, when they're being sold in games that are easily accessible to children. Or even grownups, grownups that just have sort of compulsive behavior. We all do to some degree. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's like there's a team of people behind all this to set us up for failure, you know, to set us up to say, like, even if you walk in and say, I'm only going to spend X amount of dollars. I mean, dude, the, all the lights and the way they set it up and the sound cues and that sort of dopamine loop, right? Yeah. That makes you say like, ah, screw it. One more, right? Yeah. You just know what? one more. Yeah. Instead of $60 in microtransactions, uh, maybe I'll, what if, you know, let's pretend that they release some DLC. I'll throw them another $30. On yeah. Top of that. And that number keeps going up. And it's like you said, right at the end of the year, how much did you pay for that? Yeah, so. exactly. So Ori throws us a question. He said, would you be more okay with games having microtransactions if the upfront cost was lower? Well, I think, I think there are examples. Again, we're going to get into some of it that, uh, that do microtransactions right. The implementation is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have a single problem. But I think, honestly, if you're going to put stuff behind a paywall and you want us to set the max price, then give it to us for free. I mean, I think that that's the best way to approach that. You know, that way the the quote unquote the gamble is on both ends, right? Yeah. Like you you put yourself out there a little bit as a developer and say, okay, look, I, I think we're going to stand behind our product. We think it's great, and we're sure that the consumer is going to show us uh, some respect and some love by funding our project. And and I think that there are a lot of examples out there uh, where we show we the consumer show that we will stand behind products and practices that that feel like they're respectable of of us as a consumer and, and of our time so yeah well we are going to talk about eight or so different gaming publishers and how they handle their monetization so let's jump into this yes the first is activision boo <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> activision they uh publish uh Call of Duty, the mm-hmm. next game, Black Ops 4, there's a bit of controversy here because you can buy the base game of Black Ops or you can buy the base game and the season pass all together in one shot. And they currently don't have a way for you to buy those separately. Yeah. yeah. So people are mad. People are really, really mad about this. That also, you know, there's also going to be loot boxes as far as we know right now. Like always. Yes. So there, there's yeah. some major controversy there with Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Destiny. Destiny is also and is published by Activision. Mm-hmm. And it is a it is a triple A upfront cost title. Yeah. They also sell you uh, uh, DLCs or expansions. Yeah. And they are now selling you a thing called an annual pass. Yeah. And this oh, and, is. No, go and ahead. don't forget. Don't forget. The Eververse. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. They also Triple have Triple dipping, buddy. That's that's pro right there. That's, Super that's dip. That's next level right yes. there. Yes. You you're supposed to just take the chip and dip once and be done, but they're triple dipping. No. Triple dipping. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because this is very similar to Activision Blizzard, right? World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, there's an upfront cost. You buy it once. You pay a monthly subscription fee. Mm-hmm. 
With Destiny, you buy the annual pass, so it's like a subscription, but you have to pay it all at once, and it's right. once per year. Hmm. So it's very similar there. Uh, Warcraft, you also have expansions that you have to pay for. Hmm. Eververse is in-game, but WoW has their website where you can go on there and buy exclusive mounts and things like that. They do have hmm. a lot of charity stuff they do, but that's besides the point. So they're, they're actually right. very, very similar, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all Activision, right? Yes, yes. Activision Blizzard, they merged a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the same people in different buildings. Yeah. But what's interesting about Warcraft is that you can use the, if you play World of Warcraft, you can earn gold. And from there you can buy, uh, I I can't remember what they call it. We're just going to call it Blizzard Bucks. And you can use those Blizzard Bucks to pay for your WoW subscription, to buy games that are on their launcher like Destiny, and to buy anything that Blizzard sells so that's that's a that's a real interesting concept. So if you're good at making gold in Warcraft, you could have all this for free. But essentially, right? Yeah, but I don't see a lot of Destiny p- players uh, uh, subbing up to Warcraft just so they could pay for expansions of Destiny. So let's talk about Electronic Arts EA. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened with Battlefront. They released oh, yeah. with some major pay-to-win features. And it was so similar to like a slot machine with its star card systems. Some of the stuff yes. you can get was so overpowered. It yeah. was an absolute mess. But they seemed to have learned from some of their mistakes, at least with some titles. We're not talking about FIFA, but Battlefield. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Battlefield. Well, I think, no, I think the, the, the fallout from, from the whole Battlefront fiasco, and, and I think, you know, just to clarify a little bit, they have these star cards that you buy for money that affect your power in the game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Maybe? Yes. And and that's, for all intents and purposes, that is the only way that you can get those cards. Now, they say, oh, no, you can get these cards in gameplay, but someone had uh, what run the numbers or something and found that it would take how long, Manny? It was, I can't ridiculous- remember. It was years. Yeah, like a ridiculous ridiculous amount an unrealistic amount of time for you to get one of those cards so essentially this um you know this this power item is for realistically trapped behind a paywall and i think that's where all the just the issue came out of that it was heinous right and people (laughs) just i mean the consumers we the consumers you know you talked about what do we have a say in this yeah this is where we really showed the power of our of our of our dollars and our voice you know as a as a community mm-hmm. to affect change and this is you know you're about to get into this but this is a good example of how you know what let's keep this going you know what i mean because we 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 don't need to settle for this stuff we already let it in the door now let's let, let's get some control over it, it wasn't too long ago when uh electronic arts was voted the worst company in the country right you know it was for stuff like this yeah. But we're going to see Battlefield and Anthem. They're coming out soon and yeah. they're supposed to uh, have a lot of these issues dealt with. You do not have to pay for DLC content. It's included. There's no season pass. Right. There's a cosmetic shop. Battlefield. We'll see how that goes. We're still unclear mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff with Anthem. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Right. But let's move on to Rockstar. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is this guy <laughs> right here. Straight up Satan. Bro, he's it was it like uh um 
the usual suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. That's this guy right here, man. This guy's gotten away scot-free, and he's the worst. This Take two, from my perspective, the absolute worst of all of them, and nobody's talking about it. Andy, I don't know if you know this, but they are not properly monetizing Grand Theft Auto Online. No, they're under-monetizing their, <laughs> their product, apparently. This guy's something else. That's what 500? they said. 500 is, is it like someone I saw some numbers like 500 million dollars in microtransactions alone it's like insane. the most the most uh profitable entertainment like property like of all time or something like yeah. it's crazy under monetizing I'm sorry I'm getting excited you, well <laughs> like GTA online $50 mm-hmm. for a plane you can unlock yes. it through gameplay if you want to play you want to put 60 hours 60 that. hours unbelievable 60 game hours they yeah. are locking content behind a special edition for red De- red dead redemption 2 mm-hmm. we we have our eye on you rockstar you better simmer down we're glaring at you yeah <laughs> glaring emoji here enter glaring emoji here yep. no but I, I one thing i will say just to i mean yeah gta online is awful uh but Personally, you know, I played GTA 5 and that the solo experience of GTA 5, I've never played the online. I only played the single player. I think for $60 for that was worth it. It was a great game. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful world. It's a, I mean, it's a monumental achievement in like gaming, right? And yeah. I'm sure somebody out there is like, oh, you know, Nobel Prize for, you know, creating a world and making it awesome. Hopefully as, Re- as uh, you know, as far as Red Dead goes, the single player experience or the experience that we will, the base experience will be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just afraid for what, what comes after, you know, how they're going to monetize that. Yeah. Who knows if we'll stick around for that. Well, let's uh, actually, let's skip down a little bit. Okay. CD Projekt Red. I mm-hmm. love their model. You buy the game once and all future DLC is included without yeah. any microtransactions. That was the case for The Witcher. And that is going to be the case for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. I yeah. love you. And I mean, CD this Project is, a, Red. this is, yeah, no kidding, right? This is, a, <laughs> I think this is a great example. I think the next one too of, you know, as a game developer, if your focus is on how to monetize, like if I start, you know, I'm going to make this awesome game. Okay. Let's think about how we can monetize this. You know, if that's your starting point, then I think you've already failed, right? You, you, there are examples and examples of how, you know, that just creates such turmoil within yes. the community. I think with however you feel about Destiny, and I love that game, right? I love the first one. I enjoyed the second one. I'm not I poured a lot of time into it. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not digging on it. But I think that it's safe to say that based on what we got, their focus was on making money, right? Most of the content that came out of the game the base game, the expansions, like the huge majority of the new stuff, even though it's cosmetic, was behind the Eververse, right? So they're obviously, they want to monetize their game. That's fine. Yes. You know what I mean? But look at the fallout from that. Like that community is just, it's up in arms, right? Hopefully they'll write the ship and I'm sure they are. We have listeners and friends that enjoy the game and, and, and so it's it's going to be great. I have all the faith in the world. But that's just an example of how when your focus is making money, it just, it doesn't bode well for your game. Yeah. But when your focus is making a great game, we will give you the money. You will, you know, that's going to be a profitable experience. And not only that, but you're going to get critical acclaim. You get all the things I feel like people got into that business for, you know, it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like the suits yeah. are just getting their hands all over it and just ruining it for all of us. But you know, with Destiny, you can, 
it's it's up to the individual. But you can give them the benefit of the doubt. They had to reboot their story. They didn't have a lot of time. And they have a, a very large studio. And a lot of the yeah. financial decisions that they made as far as monetizing Destiny 2, in a lot of ways, you can say that their hand was forced. They had to do what they had to do if they were going to stay open. Right. They're very successful. They made a lot of money with Destiny 2 and good mm -hmm. for them. But from from a, a, the player's perspective, it's very hard to look at what they've done with Eververse yeah. and things like that, with the XP yeah. throttling and all that. It's very hard to look at that yeah. and to say that Destiny, that Bungie is on my side. Right, right. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I don't think anyone should ever be fooled. There is no publisher and no game company that's completely on your side. Because at the end of the day, they have to eat. They have to feed their families. Well, you know? and it's, uh, what, so it's they're a, beholden, you know, it's they're beholden, street. they're beholden to the, um, investors, right? Yeah. Ultimately. That as well. So, yep. Let's, uh, grinding gear games. They make path of exile. It is a free to play game and all of their options are cosmetic. So any money you spend, it's all cosmetic. Now you are mm. allowed to buy, um, stash space, like inventory space. There is a way there also, um, you can sell stuff and trade stuff. It's yeah. very difficult to sell and trade without this special, um, uh, trading bank tab or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a premium there. But honestly, if you're playing the game for free for free, and that's the only thing you buy, you're not spending yeah. much money for this experience. It's actually a really fun game. A lot that's of fun. A, yes. And it's great. It's well supported. There's always new content. My one complaint is that a lot of the gear you can get in game is like pales in comparison to the cash shop stuff. And a lot of that mm. stuff's pretty expensive, but you know, right. it is what it is. Digital extreme. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> Warframe is a free to play game mm -hmm. with convenience purchases mm -hmm. and cosmetic purchases. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it, I think, you know, we talked about, you know, we were going to come up to some good examples of of uh, micro microtransactions done right. I mean, I think critical claim, like I mean, you name it, Warframe, Google Warframe. If you yes. haven't heard of it, you know, YouTube Warframe. You might see some stuff talking about it, it like its early days. In fact, there's the the um, the no clip uh, documentary. That's a great yes. uh, place to start. You know, it tells you the story from beginning to end. And just, it's just such a good example of a developer who had a vision that started like decades ago, right? Yes. Back in the, like right after their Unreal days. Mm -hmm. And just their persistence and, and their dedication uh, to their dream. Yeah. And and how they, they just built their vision as artists. Obviously, they decided to go the free to play route, which was a huge gamble on their end. On huge their side. gamble, yes. And they monetized their game. There was a little bit of a learning curve, but even there's 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 moments of them self correcting, course correcting when they notice like, whoa, this is not what we want, right? Like there was some evidence of one person spending like some ridiculous amount of money on essentially what ended up being sort of a slot machine mechanic. Yeah. Random... There was like a, like a cat or something. Right. And mm -hmm. you can spend money to change its color. Right. Uh, but the problem is that you could keep spending money right. until you got that perfect color and then you could sell it to other players. 
Yeah. And they noticed that some people were spending a tremendous amount and they realized we just put a slot machine in our game. Right. We cannot do this. And they turned it off. They turned it off. They got rid of it. On their own. No community, like kickback, none of that stuff. And it's purely cosmetic. It's not even like a thing that's going to affect gameplay. But I'm just saying like, and then you talk about well-supported, like the size of that game. It's five years old, dude. There's so much to do for like, we just started playing that game. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, I think the, the, well, uh, you know, the, the point is, the way they monetize the game, there's mm-hmm. nothing in game that I haven't spent a single dime on it. I'm constantly getting my my blueprints. I'm getting new guns. I just got pieces for a new Warframe. I've yeah. only been playing the game for for the week, and I'm already getting new gear. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. I after know, that, uh, we were talking about that no clip documentary for Digital Extremes. Go see that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. People in Discord were saying, "I'm gonna go and buy some premium currency because I want to support this yeah. company." That's that's we're, crazy. We're willing They're doing to do something that. right, and this is one of those games, dude. That honestly, you know, my rule is what would the the base price is the amount that I'll give you in in microtransactions. Yeah. There is so much content here. Yeah, that I mean, it's this is not just one base game. This is like three yeah. games. You're gonna spend you know a thousand I mean? bucks, aren't you? Uh, at least <laughs> I'm gonna buy all of the things. I'm gonna buy all of the things. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's we we've got to mention Epic Games. Mm-hmm. All right, Fortnite. It is a free to play yes. game. It is available on mm. almost every platform. It's still not on Android, right? I guess. Apparently, the world loves this game. Yeah. Um, they have a, an item shop and they have a ten dollar battle pass that's good for a season. And as you play through the season, if you complete certain challenges, you unlock cosmetic items that are yours Mm -hmm. to keep. That's a really interesting model. I really like that because you don't have to participate if you don't want to. Nope. None of it affects your your gameplay. It only affects how you look. Yeah. If you let your kids, though, they'll spend thousands of dollars on that. (laughs) Not that my kids spent thousands of dollars, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he got he he hit the base price pretty quick. <laughs> I'll say that, and he still wants more. He's like, "Come on, Dad, come on, Dad. let's pretend let's pretend it's a DLC, Dad." <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! So yeah. we we definitely have a say in what we want to support. The best thing you can do is vote with your wallet, right? Yeah. If you don't mm-hmm. want to support a studio's uh, or a publisher's monetization strategy, then do not buy their game. It's as simple as that. There's a lot of games to be played out there. So find something else. Today's market is flooded with quality experience. You know, they talk about the death of the single player game. I think the single player is alive and well, man. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of good exit. God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, the Tomb Raider series, although I think there's microtransactions in there. But the the point is, um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's no need to to rush into anything. No pre-ordering yeah. or anything. I think the days of me pre-ordering are behind me, dude. Yeah. I think the division was a good lesson in that. You know, although the division mm-hmm. is a lot better today, I think the wait and see approach is 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 prudent. You know, yeah. it's prudent, especially in in sort of the tumultuous time that we're in in gaming. You know, just wait, wait, mm-hmm. let the game out, let it simmer for a little bit. So we were talking about this whole uh, monetization in Discord. Uh, Larson gave us some feedback. He said games okay. are changing. Almost all the games that I play are constantly changing. They are what you call games as a service. 
a team must work on this game constantly to keep things running. So I'm okay with the extra amounts that they're asking for dances and skins and things like that. If it means that I could continue to play the game and then I'll change the game itself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's some good feedback. We all have our lines in the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, just be faithful to your own convictions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. play games for fun. Play games to have a good time. Play games for your own personal adventures or adventures with uh, people like us. Yay. Our amazing community. For sure. So, hey, awesome. Well, yeah, that's we our, did it. We did it. <laughs> we totally did it. That is our monetization conversation. Nice. It was a good one. Yes. So if you have any kind of feedback you want to send us, then hit us up. Uh, just go over to gamingadventureclub.com and you'll find links there to send us your feedback. Uh, we have a speak pipe yet again, Andy. Sweet. This is my favorite part of the podcast. This is really this cool. This your introductions. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play this speak pipe. Let's, uh, let's give it a listen. Listen up, Tenno. I'm Pope Benedict, here to tell you to clear up your hard drives because it's time to download Warframe, a third-person sci-fi adventure, 44 gigs and growing. Yeah, it's a big game, but it's free. Booyah! As the game begins, you wake up in the future solar system in the middle of a war. In order to survive, you, the operator, aboard your own private spaceship must build Warframes and weapons by collecting resources and completing quests. The Warframes are built from blueprints and parts farmed across the solar system. They're sleek, metallic ninja robots as cool as any sports car. And there are at least 35 unique Warframes, each with its own special powers, like Rhino, who stomps the ground, throwing the surrounding enemies into the air, or Trinity, who can heal and shield the allies while still tearing into enemies herself. But everything in the game is won through farming and grinding. It's all about getting the best stuff to build the coolest Warframes, and that can get a little tedious after a hundred hours or so. But I guarantee you'll get your money's worth on this free game. Warframe is fun, beautiful, and complicated. It can be overwhelming just learning the different workstations on your own ship. So don't skip the tutorials, and you'll be power sliding with the best of them, bullet jumping and gliding through the air, shooting down on your enemies like a pro. And don't be afraid to ask questions in the Discord. There are a lot of Warframe pros on there. I'm Pope Benedict coming to you from down the pipe. All right. It's a good one. Yeah, Very timely, too. Very timely. Thank you, Mr. Pope. Yeah. I seriously liked it. Thanks, Pope. Good recommendation. So, yeah, give it a, give it a shot. Andy, we yeah. have some patrons. Oh, yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, patrons. I really appreciate it. We have. Andy, you want to read these two out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our good friend Ori or Scorio70. Uh, he uh, he has become a patron. Thank you so much, Ori. We really appreciate your help uh, keeping the ship afloat, if you will. And Mr. Dropkick Hoonigan. Thanks a lot, guys. We really appreciate it. The you know the contributions help uh, you know with all the the back end stuff here. So uh, you know it's it's folks like you who keep the ship going. Uh, and also give us good ideas for our shows. So we always reach out to our patrons first. Uh, so, you know, if you feel like we're worth it, throw us a, a, a you know, a buck and and, uh, and become a part of that uh, that Patreon channel where we uh, yep. we get a lot of our ideas. We have uh, like only like two tiers in there. The $3 tier, it gives you access to a special Patreon chat. And yeah, we usually talk about show ideas there first. Gives you a special uh, mm. Patreon rank in our discord and yes thank you so very much for helping us uh itunes we got a bunch of itunes reviews 
um, only one of them is is written. So thank you so much to everyone who has given us a five-star rating so far. No trolls have found us, so we don't have any mm-hmm. any any one-star reviews. But uh, you know, if we, if you oh, think we're right. worth one star, then then that's fine. That's life, right? We're doing our best to get to to earn a five-star review. But Andy, you want to read this uh, this one review? Yes, uh, our good friend Dreadnought writes. Uh, These two guys are great. They are fun to listen to. I'm glad that they decided to do a podcast. If you want to have a sweet voice in your ear holes, <laughs> Manny is the best. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. In parentheses. <laughs> Thanks, Dreadnought. Subscribe right now. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Uh, so, yeah. Mar- Look, I, I'm only... The only reason I'm in this podcast is because I get to listen to Manny the whole time. So, I absolutely agree It's very with humbling. Statement. Thank you, Dreadnought. So, that that's it. That's a show. If you want to become a part of our community, yes. go to gamingadventureclub.com slash discord, and you can join us and become a part of the club. If you want to send us any feedback... Give me an adventure club, gmail.com. Andy, how could they find you? I'm uh, always in Discord, having a good time there. It's free to play, guys, so come on in. Yes. Don't uh, don't be shy. Um, and uh, Twitter, AnyMan228. Uh, and then, of course, Xbox Live, TX there you Space Andy. You can find me at AKA Manny G on Xbox and Twitter, or just go to our website, gamingadventureclub.com. Until next time, my friends. Have an adventurous week and take care of each other. Keep it in your pants, everybody. Your yes, wallet, keep your wallet. <laughs> <laughs>